An unwavering spirit maybe isn't such a good thing after all. Welcome, mere mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. The book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality. My name is Karen, and we are diving into a French classic today. I have Candide by Voltaire. This book was published in 1759, and it's 100 to 125 pages, depending on the version that you get, how many appendices are included, how many accompanying notes, etc., etc., and was originally published in French, therefore it is French satire, on the idea or theory of optimism. Now, optimism is a bit different to the way we use the word nowadays, so I'll explain that a little bit later. And this was an idea or theory promoted by Gottfried Leibniz, and I'm also going to pronounce a lot of names wrong, so I already tried with Candide, but it could be Candide, Candide, I will use probably Candide, it's the easiest for me to say. And he's a hero and adventurer who is chasing his mistress, Cunegonde, Cunegonde, I'm not sure how to pronounce that either, throughout the world. So he starts off in Germany, he travels through Holland, and he's facing the harsh world. And each time he has these adventurers of good things happening to him, and then he gets slammed right down to the ground. He travels to South America, so he goes through Argentina, Paraguay, Colombia, French Guinea before eventually settling down in the Middle East, so the Turkey, Constantinople area. Each of these adventures, he is meeting new people, meeting old people, losing people. There is a usually another adventurer with him, so he is able to philosophize during these times. And there's many memorable characters in this Number one being Dr. Pangloss, who is his his teacher, his his hero in a way, and he's the one who's promoting this idea of optimism throughout the book. But he also has companions, Martin, Cacabambo, uh, other people who just appear and disappear within the book. This was written during the French Enlightenment, and as I mentioned, is satire, so it is very humorous. It does have these constant jokes occurring throughout the book, these absurdities that pop up. Now, Voltaire was a legit writer, historian, and philosopher in his own right, and he did indeed have many enemies, and these were literary enemies, so a bit more jokingly, but also of the state himself. He went to jail numerous times, he traveled numerous times to Russia and other places in Europe, so he himself had enough experiences to write about this book, and it's not about his life. I don't think he ever traveled to South America, but he did have enough experiences that it reads as if he was in these places and he did do these things. So obviously, the main theme of the book is optimism. It is in the subtitle itself, Candide or Optimism. And this is insisting all is good when it really isn't. So to put this theory in a single sentence, I would say it's a mix of determinism with religion and God. So it's saying you can't change all these things, but God is still in this. There is still a free will of sorts. And so a couple of the ways it has been described as all that is and happens is for the best or all is for the best in the best of all possible worlds. So this is essentially saying no matter what happens in this life, Everything that happens happens for a reason and it's for a good reason as well because God is omnipotent, omniscient, can do everything and therefore he would choose the best for us and this is the best of all possible worlds. So everything has to be how it is and Voltaire disagrees with this quite strongly. And to show this disagreement, Voltaire uses satire. 
the main hero of the book, Candida, he has travesty after travesty before him and his friends and loved ones. So a couple of things that happen are rapings, disembowelings, killing, robbery, slavery, infirmities, torture. Throughout the book, he experiences just heartache after heartache, even if good things do happen to him, such as when he reaches this mythical land of El Dorado and then decides to leave and they are you know, filled with jewels and precious stones and things, but within a very short period get robbed and are back to square one almost. Despite all of this, he has this optimism about him. Ah, all is good for the best of the good. You know, nothing could be different and it has to be this way and it's this way for a good reason as well. And the funny thing is he just continually has these bad things happening to him and he's always in between these two worlds because he believes in the best. He has hope of always finding his loved one, his mistress. But then the next thing he knows, he's being flogged by the Inquisition or he's been robbed blind, or he's getting sick, or another travesty befalls him. As you dig deeper and the story progresses as well, it's not just an attack or satire on this idea of optimism. It's related to several logical fallacies that occur within this and within other people as well. So Alexander Pope, for example, said there is it's all partial evil, but a universal good. And he's trying to explain, okay, even if you believe that all these evil things and bad things are necessary for the greater good, you can get into some weird mind states. It's almost like a disillusion happens. So you could think, okay, when there is bad things, that shows that it's good overall. So therefore, the more bad things there are, the more good there is overall. And he goes through and attacks all of these one little things and, and just highlights it and goes, bam, you know, this funny thing happened to Candida or Candide. This is what happens. And this is his resulting thought process. And just really bringing up with these absurd situations, how philosophy, if you really follow it to a T and this situation occurs, you have to believe this, but it's so ridiculous that why would you want to believe that? The other theme of the book is the opposite of optimism. And this is pessimism, joy in the worst of all possible worlds. So many of the characters in the book are trying to find out who has it the roughest, who has it the worst, who has the saddest story because travesty after travesty befalls each of them. It's almost like it's a competition and there is a competition when Candide's trying to travel from South America to Europe. He says, to while away the time on the boat trip, I'll find the person with the saddest story. So he invites a whole bunch of people. I'll pay the one with the saddest. They're all equally sad. So he decides, oh, I'll just pick Martin because he is the funniest and he has the most interesting philosophy and I can talk with him. All of the characters in the book really succumb to pessimism by the end. They all are out of sorts and not enjoying life and not following this optimism that Pangloss is continually repeating and that Candide is continually repeating. Apart from Candide, who finds almost a middle ground between optimism and pessimism. Funnily enough, pessimism is treated with almost the same sort of humor as optimism is in the book. It's almost like Voltaire's trying to find a middle ground between these two ways of ordering your mind and thinking about the world. And as he goes through and at the end of the book, we find the very famous quote, which is, you must cultivate your own garden, something like that. So it's looking inwards into yourself and not trying to project too much onto the world. And I would almost even say expect too much from the world. It's nice to have hope, but it also needs to be realistic. You can't be crazy going out there like Candide is and thinking, oh man, this is the best of all possible worlds because no, then you will ignore some of the really bad things that are happening to these slaves and to your friends and other things. But you also don't want to 
disclude from life the joys of simply eating and finding some food, for example, which is one of the things that happens to Candide. If I had to sum up Voltaire's thoughts, I guess I would say it's something along the lines of finding the middle ground between optimism and pessimism while accepting caveats at the same time. Yes, life can be unbearably cruel and unjust, but it can also be exquisite and beautiful at the same time. So you have to accept both of them. Onto my personal observations and takeaways. I would highly recommend reading the Penguins classic version. Not only does it have some funny things, some funny characters and comics on the front and back, which help explain actually the story in a, in a way. It also has a lot of notes and appendixes and introductions at the start as well. So the notes themselves are really useful because you'll learn about the French Enlightenment period and some things that are happening during then, which it's you know, 200 and what, 50 years later. So you're not going to understand them without context. The appendix is useful because it'll highlight some of the differences that Voltaire had between him and his contemporaries, some associated works such as his poem on the disaster that happened in Lisbon, the earthquake that happened there, which is quite prominent in the book, as well as the seven day war. And the introduction, gasp, I usually say don't read the introductions. And I didn't read this one until after I'd already read the book, but it actually had some really insightful notes from the person who wrote the introduction. I'll see if I can find that really quickly by here. So the introduction was done by Michael Wood. Fantastic. It really deconstructed some of the parts of the book, which I, I didn't think of myself. And so this is one of those times where I went, you know what? I appreciated reading the introduction. Do it after you've read the book so you can form your own ideas. But man, it was a, it was a good deconstruction. One thing to note while reading is that this is one side of the story. This is Voltaire's version of optimism. This is his satire. This is his medium to put out these funny things. So there's no debate. There are no counter arguments. And maybe he misconstrues it in a way. You never really know unless you're going to read some of the other authors and ideas that were mentioned in this book. Now, unfortunately, Voltaire was, I guess you could call him a victor of history. He gets to write history because he's one of the victors. He's one of the funny people who is known throughout the world today who has created these brilliant works. So am I ever going to read some of Gottfried Leibniz's works or of Alexander Pope's? <laughs> Probably not. So I keep that in my own mind. And while this is very funny, I would like to read the other side of the story as well and see what other people had to say about optimism and how they would explain, you know, all is for the best in the best of all possible worlds. And on that, man, it is funny. It's a different sort of humor than a book such as Catch-22, but the absurdity, the continual bad things that happened to Candide and to his friends, to Pangloss, is just really, really good. I really enjoyed the action, the scenery, and the situations that he gets himself into, such as being a totally, you know, meek, mild-mannered person who kills three people in pretty rapid succession. And then he's wondering, but I'm so meek and mild-mannered. How did I become like this? So there are these really humorous points that occur basically throughout the entire book. Uh, and it's only really until the ending when it sort of settles down a bit and there's less drama happening. And another thing is that Voltaire really seems like my sort of guy. He led a very intriguing, interesting life. His works were really funny. He's obviously a great writer. And he just wrote in a way that made me think, man, I, th I think this guy, him and I would connect on many different things. Even though he's really into the world of religion and politics, which I really don't care that much for, 
I found him just super interesting as his backstory and then the works he created or at least Candide is is really fantastic. So expect more from in this channel in the future of, of Voltaire because I, I just thought it was fantastic. So in summary, it's an absolutely biting attack on the serious ideas of optimism as well as some of the philosophical thoughts that were around in the French Enlightenment 18th century. I really, really enjoyed the humor that was contained within. It really suited me to a T. But the characters themselves were super memorable. The story was engaging. The travels, the descriptions, the scenery, all of it was really great. You don't have to think too deeply if you don't want to because the book is superficial in that way where it is an engaging story. But philosophy will come out of it and you can find yourself exploring some deeper parts. So I really feel I didn't do justice to some of the themes because I could have gone down five, six, seven, ten different branches of ideas and what to go in with there. To compare it to another book, I would say it's similar to Gulliver's Travels by Jonathan Swift and I'm hooked. I I really found it amazing. So, I'm giving Candide by Voltaire an eight out of ten. Really fantastic. So, mere modelites, we've come to the end of another book review and I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Mere Mortals Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.